I want to share uh, and just continue along the vein I was preaching on Sunday. Because we're entering into the, we're entering into the new year. We're almost halfway, not quite halfway through the first month of this new year. But uh, I, I want to continue ministering along the lines of where we're headed and what God's wanting to do in your life spiritually. You, you know, th- this is a spiritual walk with the Lord. I mean, we can have all the physical things in the world. Um, and I, I praise God, don't get me wrong, I praise God for a physical building. That we can come together, get out of the elements and, and worship God together, have great musical instruments and and uh, great organ player over here. And, and uh, you know, I, I mean, doesn't she add to the service when she's on that organ? I'll tell you what. Hey, Sister Claudine, when we hear it on this tape and we hear it, it just blends in and just really just makes it smooth. Even makes me sound good, you know. And that's a miracle. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. But But, you know... Thank God for what God gives us. But you know what? We are the church. We are the church. We are the habitation of God through the, by the Spirit. We're the habitation of the Lord. This would be just a building if you didn't bring in the Lord with you. Amen? And that's why we need to enter into that door with praise and thanksgiving, joy in our hearts, worshiping the Lord, getting an attitude of praise and worship because God's getting ready to do some big things. Hallelujah. Amen. Turn with me over to Joshua. We were talking about the children of Israel and and uh, where they had come from and what God was doing in their lives. We're talking about moving forward, going forward, growing in the Lord. Amen. It's one thing to take some steps, but you got to grow as you go. Amen. Now look at the te- uh, Joshua one verses one and two. Now Moses, remember they had to they had to. Wander 40 more years because of the disobedience and because of unbelief. Now, unbelief is more than just weak faith. Unbelief is literally calling God a liar. <laughs> I mean, we can have weak faith. How many of you ever had a situation come up in your life and you just can't muster up that Great faith that you need. That's why we have one another. The Bible said, if any two shall agree on earth as such in anything, it shall be done to the Father which is in heaven. So every once in a while we need to encourage. We need that encouragement from one another. But unbelief is stronger than just no faith or lack of faith. It's deeper than that. Unbelief is a spiritual problem. You're actually not connected to God when you have unbelief operating. Remember the Bible said over in Hebrews where Paul was talking about the children of Israel, what we were talking about Sundays when they were going in to the land, and they sent out the spies, and they came back with a, uh, an evil report is what happened. And uh, they came back and said, it's just like God said, but we can't go in and take it because the giants are bigger than we are, and we'll be eat up by them. Now, that's maybe not what they literally said, but that's what they meant. But in other words, we're no match for what's there. Because in our eyes, see, in their eyes, it wasn't, wasn't anything God said. God said, you go in and take it. But in our eyes, we, we look like grasshoppers to these giants. So it's how they beheld themselves. It's how they saw themselves in the Lord is what hindered them. And Paul was in reference to that over in Hebrews. And he said, they entered not in 
because of unbelief. Now, unbelief, like I said, is deeper than just not having strong faith. See, I, I mean, we all have weak faith at times. We all are, uh, we all give in to the flesh. When I say the flesh, the worry, the doubts, the fears, the, the circumstances, and we can yield to that for a moment. If you yield to it too long, you'll get into depression. <laughs> and then depression leads to deeper things. But what we need to do is realize that God doesn't want us to get into unbelief. Unbelief. Unbelief is rebellion against God. Unbelief is just saying, no, God did not mean this. God didn't. Listen, the church world is filled of unbelievers. When I say unbelievers, that's people that do not believe. Now, did you know there's a lot of people in the world that are not serving God to the full potential that they can? And what we would call them would be carnal Christians or backslidden or something of that nature. But they still believe in the Lord. You see what I'm saying? They still know Him and they would never defy Him. But unbelief brings you to a place where you are stout against God and what God's plans are. And God doesn't want us to get into unbelief. Amen. He's delivered us. Thank God. Say, I'm delivered. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Now, look, after the death of Moses, now remember they had wandered 40 more years because they didn't believe. Only two men, Joshua and Caleb, came out of that, and they lived. They were 40 years old at the time when they were going in to spy out the land, Joshua and Caleb. Joshua and Caleb were same age, and they were good buds, and they just comrades together, and, and they stood together. But they came back with a good report. Oh, yeah, the giants are there, but they're nothing for God. Hallelujah. But the other one said, oh, no, we look like grasshoppers in our eyes to them. We're not big enough to do this. Well, because of that, see, because of their unbelief, unbelief caused them to wander 40 years, and everybody that was 20 years and older died. Forty years it took them to die off. Forty years. Moses, Joshua and Caleb were now 80. And Joshua had been the protege of, of Moses. He was there when Moses went into the uh, tent of the Lord. That's where the presence of God was. Jo, uh, Joshua was there with him. He, he was mentored by Moses. And now then, they've come up to the promised land. They've come to the brink of it now. After wandering 40 years. And now Moses can't go in because of a little sin of rebellion that he did. <laughs> when he, he smoked the rock one time when they needed water. And then another time they needed water. And he got angry and smote it. Twice. And, you know, because of that act of rebellion, Moses was not able to go into the land. He wasn't able to go into the promised land. But yet, Moses found his place with the Lord because we know that. Because on the Mount of Transfiguration, y'all remember reading that over in the New Testament when, G, when uh, Peter and John, John and, and them went up with Jesus upon the top of the mountain there. And, and they were up there and Jesus was transfigured before them. Transfigured the raiment, the glory of God shone through him is what happened. And uh, he was up there and there on the mountain, uh, Moses and Elijah showed up. Both of them. Now listen, Elijah didn't die physically. But he went up in the chariot. Moses died 
physically, but his body was not buried because the Lord took it to heaven. Isn't that amazing? And Moses and Elijah showed up on top of the mountain that day. And the glory of God was revealed. But now, Moses, a servant of the Lord, it came to pass that he died. And the Lord spoke unto Joshua, the son of Nun, in the first chapter, verses 1 and 2. Moses minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise. Go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Now, look what the Lord's saying. Now, rise, Joshua, and go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, and unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Now, Moses had led them all to this brink, right to the brink of entering into the promised land. And Moses had to die on Mount Nebo. That's where he was when he died. And his disobedience with anger kept him from entering, but God allowed him to see it with his eyes. He saw the land with his eyes. Thank God. Aren't you glad God's good? You know, you ought to look at that person next to you and say, God is good. Amen. God is good. Now, and uh, immediately after Moses had blessed Joshua to take the reins of leadership, um, Joshua dispatched two spies to go into the land and spy it out. Now listen, they were, they, were, they were going to have one of the toughest situations that they'd ever encountered, and that was to take over Jericho. Jericho was their first walled city that they had to conquer and to take up. Listen, how, how many knows God's blessed us with a lot of things through redemption? How many knows that we are healed by the stripes of Jesus? The joy of the Lord is our strength. Problems can come in our life and cause us to get discouraged, but the joy of the Lord is your strength. You know, the best remedy uh, for sadness and discouragement is, is just take a gospel of joy. <laughs> and, and, you know, even if you have to force a laugh, go ahead and laugh. Praise God. Because what will happen as you force that laugh, that, then the true joy of life. How many have ever had to just praise the Lord? You didn't feel like praising God, but you went ahead and went through it, lifted your hands and praised God anyhow. And as you went and praised God anyhow, and, and you went and did what the Lord said to do, guess what? God's Word prevails, and that joy of the Lord becomes your strength, and the presence of God becomes strong in what He's doing. Can you say amen? Now, every believer is destined to have all that God's provided through the covenant that He established. That's what we're teaching on is the covenant, the covenant blessings of the Lord. And we all have this right. And everybody has a Jordan to cross. Everybody has a Jordan to cross. You know, we could sit here tonight and start comparing our Jordans. <laughs> you ever seen people compare their surgery scars? Mine's bigger than yours. <laughs> Oh, you, you had something, but I'll tell you what, I have something bigger. <laughs> but you know what? Sometimes people are proud of what they got. But, <laughs> but everybody's got a Jordan. Now, what is a Jordan? The Jordan River is something that stands between you and the inheritance that God's promised you. Everybody has something that's going to try to stand between you and the blessings of the Lord. And the children of Israel made it across, 
and so can we. And as we study the Scriptures concerning the time in the children of Israel's life, uh, I realize the parallel between them and every believer today who's following God and entering into this new level of victory. God's calling us to a new level of victory tonight. God, God wants us to come to a higher level. Amen? God wants to bring our praise to a higher level. Our worship to a higher level. Our faith to a higher level. And as we get in that higher level with the Lord, we're going to see greater things happening and manifested in our lives than ever before. Because God is a great big God. Can you say amen? But what does it take to cross over the Jordan? Now, Jordan is a place that God ordained to be there. The Jordan River. It was ordained by God. The Jordan River was a place of impossibility. That Jordan River could rage at times. It could be very uh, torrential, you know, and and very uh, bad to even try to get across. But so every Jordan that you it could be a place of impossibility as far as the flesh is concerned. It's a place of weakness, helplessness. It's a place where all self-effort dies, where everything you've tried to make happen. How many's ever tried to make something happen? Lord, I've tried, God, I've tried to make this happen, I've tried to make this happen. You know what? That's when God can come on and be the supernatural God that He wants to be, is when we get to that place. But it's, it's also a place where you come face to face, this car, this Jordan River, it, it's a place where you come face to face with your carnal self, your own carnality, your own fleshly whims and desires. That's where you come face to face with it. And what this story is, it's a story uh, of triumph that Joshua marshaled with the people. It's their first opportunity, the children of Israel's first, first opportunity to actually reprieve since their failure to invade Canaan four decades earlier. Forty years early, remember, they were ready to enter in. Forty years early, they were ready to come and take what God said was theirs. But 40 years, they had to wander, and all of those 20 and older died because they were had unbelief in their hearts and did not believe God. Amen? But so now then, God said, it's time. And they, God was so displeased with their unbelief that He banished them to wander in the desert. That, that was, God, God, God hates unbelief. And you know what you do too? <laughs> if somebody comes up to you and they can't believe what you're saying... I don't believe you. You know what happens? Oh, flesh starts rising up. What do you mean you don't believe me? I know I'm telling the truth. (laughs) But how how many knows how God feels sometimes? Amen? When we say, Lord, I don't believe you. (laughs) And unbelief sets in. But they wouldn't flounder this time because the consequences of that punishment was fresh on their memory. The children of Israel have now moved into this position to go across the Jordan and take what God says is theirs. From the wilderness of worry, how many ever been in that worried place? To the promised land of peace. God wants us to have peace. Peace. Storm can be raging, but you can have peace on the inside. You can be calm on the inside because you know Jesus is Lord. And He's going to see us through. From the wilderness of wandering to the promised land of progress. Now we're going to progress and get into the thing that God's called us to. 
and let God begin to do what He said. From the wilderness of despondency to the promised land of delight. We're going to be delighting in the things of God. Because, you see, God's on our side. And we're going to come from defeat to victory. If you've been defeated, you're getting ready to come into victory. Hallelujah. You've wandered long enough. It's time to go across. It's time to go into the land that God's called us to. And have the blessings of God. And it's the victorious Christian life of rising up and and gaining new ground in the Lord. And every believer will come to this place. I can't walk it for you and you can't walk it for me. But every believer is going to come to this place. There's only two choices. Either we're going to cross over into the promise or we're going to settle down on this side of Jordan and give up our dreams. Amen? I tell you what. I, I, I don't know about you, but I've made up my mind. I'm not going to let the devil hinder me no longer. Hallelujah. we got to come to that point. Jordan's the dividing line. It's a place where you're forced to decide. You have to decide. In fact, did you know there were several tribes or a couple of tribes that didn't want to go over into the promised land? They did not want to go. For what reason? I don't know. Maybe they, they thought they were going to have to do too much battle. Well, they, they had to do it anyway. Because Joshua said, I'll tell you what, I'll make a deal with you. He must have been kin to President Trump. I'll make a deal with you. He said, you go over and you fight these battles. And when we take the territory, you can come back and settle on this side. So the two tribes did. They went over and fought the battles. I, to me, I think if I went over and fought the battles, I'd just go ahead and stay and just enjoy the benefits of it all. But no, they came on back across. Those two tribes came back on across, and they did what they wanted to do. But it's a place where you're forced to decide. Trust in the living God. Trust in God. Uh, not in the arm of the flesh and our efforts. we we got to quit trusting in what we can do. <laughs> you can't do anything except God give you the ability to do it. God is our strength. God is our life. And look at Psalms 44, verse 3. The psalmist David said this. He said, They did not gain possession, talking about the children of Israel, of the land by their own sword, nor did their own arm save them, but it was the right hand, your right hand, Lord, your arm, and the light of your countenance, because you favored them. That's what David said in Psalms 44. And verse 3, God favored them. I want to tell you something. When God's favor is in your life, you can't help but be blessed. You can't help but have blessings of God flowing in your life. I had people come up to me sometimes. You know, it hadn't like this in a long time. But, I mean, sometimes I knew they didn't really like me. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And and I knew they didn't like my preaching. And I knew they didn't like me personally. But, you know, they had to love me anyway. Because that's, <laughs> that's what the Bible says. Amen. But they come up and they say, Boy, Brother Clarence, I don't know. God told me to do this. I don't know why. Because I really don't want to. I said, Well, go ahead. They put it in my hand. I said, Praise God. God bless you. Amen. But listen. God favors us. God's favors on you. God's favors on our church. God's favors on this place. 
God didn't establish this place so many, many, many years ago to have the devil trample over it. God has favored this place. He's favored the church. He's favored you individually. He's favored us all together. And because of His favor, guess what? Blessings are going to be ours. I'm going to cross over the Jordan. How about you? It's called Jordan. And the word Jordan means one who descends, death, the end. That's what it literally means, uh, the one who descends or death, the end. Uh, an entire generation had died at this very same place, but they didn't really die, but they quit dreaming and believing. See, a lot of times people just quit believing God, and they quit dreaming in their spirit and saying, and saying, God, I believe your word. I believe what your word declares. And they quit. When someone quits, guess what? They go downhill. But we can't quit. We've got to keep going forward. Amen? But every person, every believer is going to come to this place. There's only two choices. We're either going to cross over into the promise, or we're going to settle down on this set of Jordan and give up our dreams. Hallelujah. Some people will say, well, you know, thank God we still got a place to come and worship the Lord. And, uh, you know, it's, it's still ours and we can still go. But listen, God wants it more than that. We can settle down and just get satisfied. I call it satisfied with an unsatisfied satisfaction. Because we're in this position where we, we're, well, we're content in the place that we know we're believers, but we're not really satisfied because we got an unsatisfied satisfaction. And we're not seeing the thing that God really wants to see. God doesn't lie. God's not man that He lies or the Son of Man that He has to repent. Amen? What God says is truth. And what we have to do as believers is to make up our mind, we're going we're gonna to go forward because I'm going to trust in the arm of God and the power of God and, and the blessings of the Lord. Now, there's some things that happened before they crossed over the Jordan. I want to just, bear, just go over these briefly with you. And it's be, do you good to get the Bible over in Joshua and just read some of these things that they had to do before they went over the Jordan. But it says, sanctify yourselves in Joshua 3 verse 5. For tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Sanctify yourself. In other words, anything that would offend the Spirit of God in our lives can keep us from crossing over into the thing that God's called us to. It's not a person that's hindering you. Don't let the devil lie to you and say, well, if it wasn't for so-and-so, I'd be doing something better. No, no. People don't control our destiny. People can't control where I go in the Lord. People cannot control where you go in the Lord. So, you know, things that offend us from crossing, we just need to sanctify ourselves and say, Lord, I'm going to cross. I'm going to cross. Then they had to circumcise the children of Israel again. Now, I don't know about you. And we use the term praying through. <laughs> you know, somebody, uh, we, we just need to see, you see somebody get prayed through. Right? And that's probably true. I mean, that's a good term. I, I'm, not, I'm not debating that. But that's the term we, you know, well, they prayed through. 
They were out of fellowship, but they prayed through. Well, what they really did was they rededicated, recommitted, reconsecrated themselves. And this is what the Lord is saying when they had to circumcise the children of Israel again. They were rededicating, reconsecrating themselves to God because that was a mark for God and a mark in their body for God. And so they had to do it again. I don't know about you. I've had to pray through several times. Amen? Anybody's ever had to pray through? You, you hang around. We'll tell you if you need to pray through or not. <laughs> but we, but we, we need to pray through occasionally. We need to come back to this brink of Jordan and, Lord, reconsecrate ourselves. Rededicate ourselves. And get back in that place of the Lord. He's ready. God's ready. He's willing. He's able. Amen to see us across. Number two, they've got to get a vision of something greater. They need a vision of something greater. No one will let go of what they have unless they catch a vision of something greater. You won't go no further till you let go of where you are. You've you got you, you to let go of where you are if you're going to go forward. Listen. Some people have this attitude, you know, my mama and her mama and then her mama and then her mama, you know, they, they were in this place and, you know, they're in her mama's mama, you know. And that you, we can just go on and on and on. But what I'm saying is we, we've got to come to the place that we get a vision of something greater. God, and it's not diminishing the moves of God that our nation has had and our, the churches have had. How many understand what I'm saying? That does not diminish the fact that God did not move. When Azusa Street hit in America, in California, well, it actually hit before there. It hit in Topeka, Kansas, a bunch of, uh, with a Bible college there and some students seeking the Lord and fasting and praying and the Holy Ghost fell on them. They began to speak in tongues. Then Brother Charles Seymour came down to the Houston area in Beaumont, Texas, and down through this area. And I mean, it began to spread. And then he went over to, to Azusa Street in California. And it was a little mission there in Azusa Street. And it was nothing fancy. There was nothing big about it. And they, they began to have a move of God and a revival in that place. And people from all over the world began to come to Azusa Street because of the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Something fresh. Something was happening. But you know what happened in that? Flesh got in. Some men around Brother Seymour, they decided, see, what he would do, he had an old apple crate. And he would just put his head in that apple crate before the service and he'd pray in the Holy Ghost until God said, okay, let's get out and let's do something. <laughs> and the Holy Ghost would begin to move. He would just seek the Lord until it happened. But then what happened is the people were thronging and coming by the multitudes and coming to Azusa Street. And, uh, and then they started a, another mission called 8th Street Mission. And uh, uh, it, it, it had a great move of God also. But what, what happened with Brother Seymour? These men said, you know what, Brother Seymour? They put a big robe on him like a king. They put a crown on his head. And, and they put a big, a big chair like a throne up on the stage. 
And they started seeding in there. And you know what happened? It wasn't long until the Spirit of God was diminished. And, and the revival spirit that was there, now, it, didn't, it didn't squelch the revival spirit in America. But in that particular place, it was squelched because of the fact they were trying to edify and exalt man above what God was doing. Now, that's in history. I'm not just criticizing Brother Seymour because any person can get puffed up in pride. Any person can lose the humility that God's put in us. And we can be prideful and arrogant about who we are and what we have. I don't want to ever look down my nose at somebody else because they don't believe just like I do. And maybe they don't believe in the power of God like I do. Or they don't believe in the Holy Ghost like I do. I'm not, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pray God open their eyes. Let them see. And you know the best way they can see? Is let them see the humility in you and your kindness and your love and the anointing of God in you and the power of God in you. Let them see that and they're going to want what you've got. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. But we've got to get a vision of something greater. Look at Hebrews 12, 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Joseph had a vision of something greater. Moses had a vision of something greater. They saw something beyond where they were. Joshua had a vision of something greater. Even after he began to lead the children of Israel, he had to see something greater. And we've got to see that God's moving us from this place to this place in the spirit realm. And let God begin to do something for us. Get a vision of something bigger. And then have total dependence upon God. This is where we're holding on to the ark. (laughs) Remember the ark they had to take across? The presence. It represented the presence and the power and the glory of God. And we can't cross over this Jordan in our own power. How many knows we can't go do anything? Without Him, we're nothing. Without Him, we can do nothing. It's not by might nor by power, as Zechariah said, but it's by my Spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. So they had to steady the ark. And they had to make sure that that ark... The ark was the presence of God. That was where the presence of God dwelt as far as the children of Israel were concerned. And in that ark were a lot of things. That they had placed in that ark. And God used that. But it's not by might nor by power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. The presence of God has got to be with us whenever we do anything. If God's presence isn't in our life, we don't have what God wants. Then the fourth thing, they had to go in barefooted. Bare feet. Have you ever looked at that? You know, you wonder sometimes, why did God do that? Bare feet. It means when you go in barefoot, you don't have no personal agenda in this thing. Every dream has to have its core. At the core is the glory of God. That's the, that's the promotion of the kingdom. We want to promote God's work, God's will, God's desire, God's plan. We've got to be able to promote that. It's selfish in nature. Uh, if it's selfish in nature, if it is just a selfish motive on our part, it's not from God. It'll drown in the Jordan. Amen? And before God commissioned Moses to bring his people out of bondage, he first ordered him to take off his shoes. Remember when Moses turned and saw the burning bush? And he was going to go up and see it. And and the Lord said, Moses, stop! (laughs) 
Take off your shoes. The place you're standing is holy. Joshua, when he met the angel of the Lord, we'll get into this later, but when he met the angel of the Lord there, uh, and uh, he said, are you with us or against us? <laughs> Joshua, Joshua, that's what Joshua was saying. Uh, are you with us or against us? And he said, I am the captain of the host of the Lord. It was Jesus. <laughs> it was God himself. I'm the captain. And he said, now you know he didn't tell him to take off his shoes. He said, take off your shoe. He only had to take off one shoe for some reason. But God said he had to take his shoe off. And it wasn't until the priest's feet were dipped in the waters that the waters began to recede. See, when the priest was carrying that Ark of the Covenant and they put their feet in the water, that's when the, that's when the water began to recede so everybody could go across that Jordan River. That Jordan River was a stormy river. And it was a very torrential river. But when the, they put their feet in there, the waters parted and everybody just followed the priest across and nothing happened. Until they stepped in and got their feet wet. Oh, we could stand here and preach a while on that. <laughs> so he said, I don't know why God don't move. Mm-hmm. I remember when the Holy Ghost did. Mm-hmm. What was the difference? What's the difference? <laughs> We've got to get in and get our feet wet. We got to get in and participate with God. Don't expect me to get up here and shout like a Comanche Indian and and God's going to move supernatural. No, we all have to come into the presence of the Lord together. If we don't get into the presence of God, nothing can happen. I may have told this before, but I'll tell it again because it fits here. I was at a little church in Central Texas years ago when I first started preaching, and my wife and I had been got married, and and uh, my first wife, and we we were there, and this little this little Central Church, uh, Central Texas church, and these churches at one time had a great move of God. They were part of that great move in the fifties, you know, in in the early sixties and the fifties, and that these churches were you could tell that one time they were blessed. This little church was. Bigger than this one. Had three rows across like this. And we had 12 people there. That's where it went to. 12 people. And they were all, they all, they all had their seat where they sat. <laughs> and I preached. And then I just, Gathered the people up front, but listen, they were scattered. You know, when you only got about twelve people there, and 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 the thing seats three hundred or more, you know, there one here, one there. I, I said, just come on up here. So they got up there, and I began to exhort them a little bit after I preached, and I exhorted them, and just just you just kind of gave some exhortation to them, and I did encourage them just to praise the Lord, enter into praise, enter into worship. Well, they did. Some of them went like this. You know, looking around. And they were just like that. And then all of a sudden, there was a message in tongues. And God gave me the interpretation. And the interpretation was that if they would enter into praise 
and enter into the presence of God with their praise and thanksgiving, God would do a miracle in their midst that night. I'm looking. I said, okay, Lord. I said that. It came out of my mouth. I said, where's the miracle? (laughs) You know, you ever been that way? Nobody was really moving much. Nobody was doing a whole lot of fanatical stuff. And all of a sudden, these ladies started laughing and giggling and laughing hysterically. And I, I get behind the podium, make sure everything's okay, you know. I, I don't know what they're laughing at. And I, I just, and, and finally, they said, oh, Pastor Clarence, they said, oh, I, I guess you want to know what we're laughing about. I said, that would be nice. And this lady, she's standing there. And she had tears streaming down her face. She said, Brother Clarence, she said, I was blind in my right eye. I couldn't even see out of it. And she said, when the Spirit of the Lord began to move, I had some tears. And she said, I got my, my handkerchief and said, I, I, I didn't realize it, but I covered up my good eye. And I was wiping my, ear, my, my eyes and, and I covered up my good eye. And then I realized I could see perfectly out of my blind eye. She said, God healed my blind eye as we begin to worship and praise the Lord. Hallelujah. See, I want to tell you something. It's not going to get done like this. What you got for me tonight, preacher? I've heard that before. Amen. But no, you know what it's going to take? going to take all of us. It's going to take all of us taking our shoes off, getting barefoot. <laughs> God may have you do that literally. I don't know. But, but what I'm saying in the spirit realm, we're going to have to get barefoot in the, and we're going to have to step out into the water. And we're going to have to believe that God is God. And we're going to have to come in and let His presence engulf us. And as we worship and praise Him, realize that God inhabits the praises of His people. And we're going to crawl across this Jordan. Can you say amen? Now, we want, we want to see the victory before we ever get into the fight. Have you ever had a situation where you want to see the victory before you have to do anything? You know, well, it'd be easier if God just did it. I didn't have to do nothing. No, God wants you to put forth an effort and exercise your faith. Act in faith. Faith is an act. How many believe that faith is an act? Amen. It's an act. I praise God by faith. I worship the Lord by faith. We pray for people in faith. We do it because the Word declares we do it in faith. And as you praise God in faith, and before long, that praise on the inside of you is going to begin to bubble forth And you're going to begin to praise God out loud. And before long, you're going to be praising Him in the Spirit. You don't care what people think about you. You're going to worship the Lord. Amen? Because we just got to remember, number five, trusting God's timing, waiting on God. Look what Joshua 3, 4 said. There shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits to measure. Don't come near to it that you may know the way by which you must go, for you've not passed this way heretofore. In other words, we haven't. We, there's some areas that God's going to lead you to that you haven't passed this way heretofore. 
And you've got to let God's timing, waiting on God, wait on God. Let God direct your steps. Let God direct you. And this is one of the biggest tests of all right here. 2,000 cubits of water, or 2,000 cubits, where you had to go. It sometimes feels like a hundred years. <laughs> but we've got to wait on God. God's timing is critical. And in God's timing, we have the full measure of God's power that's available to us and that will manifest itself for us. And in God's timing, things and people are perfectly positioned. God, God's got to get us in position. Amen? Are you all ready to get in position? Let God do it. So, and then finally, remember this. Jericho's on the other side. Jericho, the city that's going to be the first city that they're going to take, is on the other side. And it's ripe for conquest. And there was a, 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 a lady named Rahab that had hid the spies from the people there. They got into the city, and she hid them from the soldiers and the people that were there. And she hid them. But look at what she said in, in Joshua 22, verses 9 and 11. She said to the men, I know that the Lord hath given you this land, and that your terror is fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. She said, we know that. These men in this city know that. For we have heard. I wonder if we were to go past the outskirts of Aubrey and and somebody said, we've heard of y'all. We've heard of how y'all pray. We've heard of how God moves supernaturally. We've heard, this is what she was telling them, we've heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you. <laughs> we heard about that. And when you came out of Egypt, what you did to the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side of Jordan, Sion and Og, where you utter, who you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, our heart did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, He's God in heaven above and in the earth beneath. God knows when things are in position, and God knows when He's ready. But the thing is, the devil knows. The devil knows his time is short. The devil knows that Jesus defeated him 2,000 years ago. The devil knows that the blood of Jesus is still as powerful today as it was when Jesus spilled it on Calvary. The devil knows all this. It's just sad that God's people don't know it yet. If we could ever get to the place where we know what they know... We're going to have revival. Hallelujah. If we're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. If we're willing and obedient, we'll eat the good of the land. We will have what God says we have. And what we've got to do is see it with eyes of faith. See it like God sees it. Let God Listen, we can go forward in faith or we can choose to allow fear to dominate our thoughts and actions. But we've got to see beyond where we are today. We, remember what they said? We seen, we look like grasshoppers. In our eyes, we look like grasshoppers. Why? Because they were not, 
they, they were not seeing with the eyes of faith. They were seeing with eyes of carnality and flesh and fear and doubt and unbelief and not what God said. So we get discouraged. We criticize. We blame God. Have you ever... Well, I won't ask you that. But just answer yourself. Have you ever blamed God? Have you ever blamed God for circumstances and situations? Have you blamed God? I've told this story. There was a friend of mine that that uh, he, he had a hard time in his faith at that time. I'm not saying he does now, but at that particular time. He had, he had a hard time in faith. And I'd, I'd go into the office and visit with him, and he'd sit there. He'd be sitting there with this grim look on his face, and all of a sudden he'd just bang his fist on the, fist, his fist on the desk and say, This ought not be, Brother Clarence. I said, What? Well, he was having a struggle in finances. He said, This ought not be. I said, No, it shouldn't. It should not be. It should not be. But we don't look at what it is. We look at who God is. And we look at what the Word says. If we do what God says do, God's going to do what He said He'd do. I, you know, I never have. I'm not saying I've never got in a place of discouragement. But I have not allowed it to be part of my personality. Part of my profile. To where people say, well, that preacher over there, he is just full of fear, doubt, and unbelief. Because all he talks about is what God didn't do and what God's not doing. Well, we don't need to talk like that. God is. God is more than able. God is faithful. God will perform His Word. But what we have to do, we have to get in that position to where we're in place with God. And when we do that, we see like God sees. See it as God sees. And we see, we see God like we're supposed to see Him. Faithful. Loving. Full of power. Full of wisdom. And we're going to see it happen. And every one of us tonight, we can go forward to faith. Or we can choose to allow fear to dominate us. We can get discouraged and criticized. We can blame God. Hallelujah. It's easy just to get get mad at God. I'm not going to church tonight, God, because I'm mad. Well, I'm not going to sing tonight because I'm mad. You didn't do what I thought you should have done. Or you, you, Well, you know what? Maybe we haven't done what we're supposed to do. What are we supposed to do? Praise Him in all things. In all things, give thanks. In all things, give glory to God. In all things, just worship Him. Hallelujah. Don't let the devil know you're discouraged. Praise God. Don't let any discouragement come out of your mouth. You may have, be having a trouble in your heart, and, but no, go ahead and just force that praise. Glorify Him. Praise Him in spite of it all. And Lord, let us see like you see. Remember when Elijah, Elisha, uh, he was, they were surrounding him and his servants, you know, the enemy was surrounding them. And the servants said, Oh, master, master, we're going to die. We're going to die. We're going to die. There's more. There's millions of them out there. Probably maybe a hundred or so. 
How many know the devil lets you get, it magnifies to you? <laughs> you know, you get a pain in your body. Oh, oh, I know what that is. It's going to kill me. And it could just be indigestion, you know. Y'all still with me tonight? <laughs> and the servant said, there's more. I, well, what are we going to do? And he said, Lord, open his eyes that he might see. He said, go out there and look again. He went out there and he came back and he was so excited. He said, oh, Master, Master, we got more than them out there. Hallelujah. And they're surrounding us all around here. We got more. We're victorious. Why? Because he saw it like God wanted him to see it. I'm not saying... You know, this power of positive thinking. I'm not, I'm not into that. But we do need to get positive in our thinking. <laughs> Amen. But I, I, how many knows what I'm saying? It's not mind over matter. It's not that. What it is, it's truth over matter. It's God's truth that's over it all. And as we begin to understand what the Word says, we're going to see, have victory in the name of Jesus. While the world says, seeing is believing, We've got to make a choice to believe God's Word and reject the lies of the enemy. In God's kingdom, believing always precedes seeing. Can I say that again? I said in God's kingdom, believing always precedes seeing. We see the miracle after we believe. We see the manifestation of God after we believe. But we have to believe. And we have to see it. And how many, how many is ready to cross over this Jordan? How many is ready to cross over and take the territory that's ours? God, Listen, God's got some unclaimed territory in some of our lives. And we need to get up and take it because God's given it to us. And it's up to us to say, Lord, I believe. I believe. I see it like you see it now. I see it like God sees it. I see it like the Word says it. And we've got to get to that place where the Word preempts all of the negative that we get from anywhere else. Listen, don't let nobody pull you down spiritually and in your faith walk. You just stand up strong and say, no, I'm strong in the Lord. I am strong in Him. God's Word is truth. His truth prevails. I'm victorious in the name of Jesus. I, listen, we're all going to leave this earth one day if the Lord tarries. We'll all leave this earth by laying down and going to sleep in the Lord. If the Lord tarries, I, the Lord's, I don't know how long He's going to tarry, but I do know one thing. Until that day, I'm going to keep on praising God. Keep on glorifying God. Keep on rejoicing. Keep on doing a little jig in my room. Hallelujah. I mean, dance on top of the devil. I mean, I mean let the joy of the Lord be your strength. Oh, my goodness. You know what? I learned a long time ago, you might as well just laugh and give a big old belly laugh at the devil because he is already defeated. Praise God. Victory's ours. Praise the Lord. Do you love him tonight? See it like God said. We're going across. We're coming in. We're going to have what God says we have because God said we could do it. We're looking beyond. We're going to leave the other past behind us. <laughs> leave all the trash behind us. Leave all the dead things. Leave it alone. Just let, let it go. You can't undo the past. You can't unscramble eggs. You can't make it over again. You can't do a do-over. Amen. What you got to do is right where you are. Let God make it fresh and new for us. 
And let's go forward in Jesus' name. Lift your hands and just thank God tonight. Hallelujah. Father, we just give you praise and we give you glory and honor for what your word declares and we receive it in Jesus' name. And we just thank you, Lord, for victory that's ours. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Let's stand tonight. Praise God. Thank you all for your patience with me. (laughs) Hallelujah. Well, and as we leave tonight, as we leave this place tonight, let's leave with joy. And let's sing that old song as we're leaving. I'm going through. I'm going through. I'll pay the price. Whatever I must do, well, I'll take the way with the Lord's chosen few. I started out for Jesus, and I'm, one more time, sing the Lord. Well, I'm going through, I'm going through. I'll pay the price, whatever I must do. Well, I'll take the way with the Lord's chosen few. I've started out for Jesus, and I'm going through. We'll turn to somebody and say, I'm going through in Jesus' name. God bless you. See those Friday night that's going to sing. See the rest of us Sunday. Praise God.